Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Station 34 podcast. I am David Van Sluten. I'm Lance Cohorn. And uh, we work at Ladder 34, which, uh, as many of you know, is a company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We used, uh, we take decommissioned, repurposed fire hose. We make all kinds of great products. You can go to ladder34.com and you can check all those things out. Today, we have a guest that I was introduced to this last summer. We're looking very forward to talking to him. It's Chief Aaron Heller, and he is from the Hamilton Township Fire Department department out in New Jersey. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. Uh, Chief Heller has a tremendous history in the fire service. He's done a, a bunch of different things. He has a company called On-Scene Training Associates, OSTA. That's the workshop that I went through. Uh, learned a ton in three days, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. Chief Heller, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, things out in Hamilton Township, New Jersey, you guys are just northeast of Trenton. Is, am, am I right? That is correct. We border Trenton, and uh, we're right on. We sit on the Delaware River next to Trenton. Okay, so let let's get right into things. I, I know we're uh, we want don't want to keep you on a, a long schedule. You're you're uh, actually on shift today, and um, but let's talk about your career in the fire service. I know from doing some reading, you started in the fire service in 1984. Uh, give us a background to how that came about and, and how things have evolved for you. Sure. Well, I um, I was like every other kid. You know, I. I thought fire trucks were neat and and uh that was all good and well when i was a little kid and they came to the to the school and and some of the local dads were part of the volunteer fire company and i remember thinking wow that's that's pretty cool stuff um and then my sister married into a fire department family in a a few towns over and i used to hang out over there quite a bit and and uh, they asked me if i wanted to join as a junior member so at 14, I was able to join the, the local volunteer fire department there. And uh, back then, the child labor laws were a bit more lax than they are today. Yeah. Uh, and nobody was watching. So I got a chance to do a lot of things, you know, literally between 14 and 18 years old. Those guys were letting me run extrication tools. They were they were letting me uh, wear an SCBA and, and practice things. And and I was riding the fires with them. Oh, wow. And, uh, so it was it was pretty cool stuff um although i was too young to go to the academy um so my sister actually went through the academy and and uh, i thought well hell if she could do it i can do it and little did i realize how tough she really was yeah (laughs) but um so that's where i got my start it was a little company called julius town volunteer fire company in burlington county new jersey and um i i really owe a ton to my ex-brother-in-law and my sister, they, yeah. they really showed me the light. It was, it was really cool. And, uh, at 17, I went through the, the Burlington County fire Academy for my, uh, firefighter one certification. Okay. So, yeah. so then you move on from there. Uh, it, it, do you stay with that fire, fire department for a little while? Do you move, uh, what eventually makes you make your way to Hamilton township or is that later on? Yeah. So what happened was, um, I didn't live in that town. I, I, uh, I hung out there all the time because my sister lived across the street from the firehouse, so I hung out with them. But uh, the town that I grew up in is a little town called New Egypt, New Jersey, mm-hmm. which uh, had a really, really fantastic fire department. And um, so I went down there and joined. The, the day I turned 18, I handed them my, my application. And I still had no true dream of being a career fireman. But um, I was a high school athlete. I was I was pretty good. I had a bunch of scholarship offers to play baseball in a, in a bunch of different schools around the country. And um, between junior and senior year, I tore up one of my knees. Mm. 
and uh, in a day, I lost nine scholarships. Oh, man. So uh, that ended that dream pretty quickly. And, you know, in the 80s, they didn't fix you the way they do today. Right. Kid kid gets torn up today, he gets fixed, and he can still go pro. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't couldn't really even go D3 at that point. So um, I I shifted gears, and uh, I grew up. My family owned a, a large flea market, and my dad owned a metal recycling business. And he wanted me to work in that. So I worked there, but I knew it's not what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I'd like to give firefighting a shot. Yeah. So I went to I went to community college in the fire science program at Mercer County and uh, started taking tests. And lo and behold, Hamilton told me that I came out pretty good on the test. Okay. uh, So at 20 years old, I, I got on the job in Hamilton. Very nice. Now, did you start a engine company ladder? What did you start doing? I worked in an engine and it's funny because back then they still had a lot of volunteers. So um, we were hired literally as paid drivers is what we were called. (laughs) So at 20 years old, I was a quote unquote paid driver. And, uh, and that's what it was. So I was, I was, I rode that same engine uh, for 30 years almost. Okay. Yeah. So then over, over time, obviously you work your way up through the ranks at Hamilton Township Fire Department. Um, Yeah. And you, when, when I met you last summer at the OSTA workshop out by Muskegon, Michigan, at that time you were the fire chief of, of Hamilton Township, but then there was going to be some con- consolidation going on of, of nine districts into one. So explain, explain to people what happened there and then what led to the current role that you're playing out there. Sure, sure. So we were the poster boys for inefficiency and probably how not to do it. <laughs> We, we had nine separate taxing fire districts in one town. Um, Hamilton's a pretty big place. It's 44 square miles, just under 100,000 people, uh, according to the census, although we know those numbers are probably quite, quite higher. Um, there's a little bit of everything here. And over the years, there was a lot of calls for consolidation, for streamlining, and nobody wanted to give up their piece of the pie, basically. Mm-hmm. We had fire commissioners who were all making money. And some of them were doing better than others. And uh, they didn't want to give in to what really needed to be done. And um, finally, our union is actually who pushed it. And uh, our, our New Jersey State FMBA, locals 84 and 284, said, we're done with this. We're tired of it. Um, we could be better. We could be better as career firefighters. We could be better even with the volunteers we have left. And now's the time. And mm-hmm. we made a push and we made presentations to this town council. Um, we have 133 career staff here. So it's not like we're a small little department. No, geez. And, and we, and we catch a lot of work. We're, we're a pretty busy place. So um, it took a lot of work. Our union guys are, some of our commissioners got on board right away. Uh, where I, the district I worked in, they got on right away. They were the first to say, let's do this. Um, and it took about five years and a lot of political wrangling and, and it, it literally took our union to step in and basically get town council voted out mm-hmm. and the mayor voted out. Yeah. Um, the mayor kind of didn't think she could lose. We told her that she could and she said, <laughs> I dare, she said, I dare you. And she's now a civilian. Okay. So, there you go. So, uh, yeah. So the fire department, uh, was consolidated January 1st of this year. So I guess we're probably one of the newest fire departments in the in the country after over 100 years of, of being this fragmented thing that ran kind of piece to piece together. Yeah. 
Uh, I was the chief at Fire District Nine in the old system. Okay. I'd been I'd I'd been a captain there for over 20 years. I promoted to chief last year, and then um, come January one, we could only have one fire chief. Right. And at the time, we had five in the districts. So based on civil service rules, the guy with the most seniority as a chief became the chief of the new department. Okay. And and we couldn't have asked for a better guy to become our new chief. Good. Uh, yeah, Rich Kramer's our new chief and absolutely fantastic guy to work for and to lead us into this. Nice. So then your, your role moved over to the uh, deputy chief overseeing training. That's correct. Okay, because when, when Lance and I were looking at your, your bio, there's tons of stuff. You, you have done a tremendous amount of training at different fire academies. Also, you've contributed articles to Fire Engineering Magazine, Fire and Rescue, a, a bunch of different publications. So training has, it appears to have always been a huge part of your fire service career. It, it really has. I, I, am, I am completely blessed that the one thing I was smart enough to do when I was young, and I didn't do a lot of smart things when I was young, but the one thing that I guess I learned from my dad or, and some of the other saltier guys that, that I knew was, you know, keep your mouth shut and learn from people that know more than you. Yeah. Um, I've still had problem with the keep my mouth shut part. But, <laughs> Is but that an East Coast I, thing? I think so. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, I've been blessed to learn from some tremendous, t- tremendous firemen and mentors and teachers Yeah. and training. I, I understood that it was important to always train yourself. Um, yeah. I think, I think that came honestly from my dad. He was never a fireman. He was, uh, did his time in the Navy during Korea and then was a business owner, but mm-hmm. he never stopped exercising his mind right up until he got ill and, and couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I think that's something I learned from him and, and I've been blessed that training is, uh, it became a real passion of mine. It really yeah. has. Yeah, and, and I and like what you say about the fact that you're just always seeking out something new. Now, as you know, we talked a little bit when we were in Muskegon, but I'm only three years into the fire service, you know, and I got into it very late in the game. I was 49 when I became a, a paid on-call firefighter. So to me, you know, I, I'm at a different stage in life where a lot of guys are, where my kids are grown and out of the house. So I've got the time to pursue this thing and I'm always looking for new stuff. I'm always, I'm just, anything I can learn new, I'm just so excited about learning it. And you know, like, and we'll get to it in a little bit, but talking about like the OSTA training, but constantly going to our officers and saying, what what other classes can I take? What else can I do? What else can I learn? And just, I, I just, you know, it's, it's see, you know, talking to someone who's been so heavily involved in training like yourself I just love talking to people who are always out there. And even though they're teachers, they're always still learning as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yesterday my guys were out on the ice doing ice rescue drink training, Mm -hmm. um, here. And so the, the entire platoon of the special ops companies were out there and I haven't done my ice rescue certification since the mid (laughs) nineties. Um, you know, that's when I went to my classes and, it was a great refresher for me, even though I, our guys drilled on it and I was part of some of those drills over the years. It's not something I'm skilled at, yeah. um, but I'm a deputy chief on duty. And if God forbid we have that call today, I'm in charge. Right. Uh, so for me, the, the guy teaching it is brilliant in water, water stuff. He's just one of the best I've ever met. And um, I, I, I learned a lot again, you know, yeah. where I refreshed what I thought I had 
maybe remember, you know, yeah, it, it, it can't stop. If, if you think, you know, it all, either you have to start over or you have to quit. Right. Because it changes the game changes so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think in the fire service, there's so many different idiosyncrasies, so many different little pieces of it that none of us can be the best at all. Right. We right. just can't. They we're, we are truly the, the jack of all trades and, and we try to master what we can. Um, so that that educational process has to really be strong in you. Yeah. And you always have to be ready for that. That high risk, low frequency event. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, um, one of my one of my things that I, I kind of hitched my own wagon to was commercial fire ground operations. Um, and, and I did that, I did that, um, many, many years ago and it was just, uh, it was just something different. Yeah. And, um, uh, in the, in the process of that, sorry about that. My, uh, my other phone was ringing here and okay. I just, I just got it the other day and I honestly <laughs> don't even know how to turn it on. So, <laughs> so that call can wait for 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought there. But uh, the commercial fire ground. Yeah. So I got into the commercial fire ground stuff because we had a fire here in, in Hamilton and I watched it. I wasn't on duty and we didn't do well. And we actually, we did really badly. Um, and I said, there's got to be a better way. And that was one of those really low frequency, but high risk. And even if it wasn't high risk to the firefighters operating, it was high risk to the town because by us not doing as good a job as I know we could do, mm-hmm. we we ended up burning a uh, burning a building down that we never should have. Yeah. And so what did we do? We cost our town millions in tax money, probably. Yeah. And um, so I I I just thought, you know what? There's better ways of doing this, and and that that's when you said, you know, low frequency, high risk. That's what my mind went right to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're also the uh, founding member of the Jersey Fools. Can you explain? We have a lot of listeners who are outside of the fire service. Can you explain a little bit about what, what that is and, and what your involvement is with that program? Sure, sure. Um, so Jersey Fools is a chapter of Fools International. Uh, the Fools International have chapters all over the world at this point. Uh, we formed ours in, if I'm not mistaken, 98 or 99, somewhere in there. It was the early or late 90s. And the Fools is the Fraternal Order of Leatherhead Society. It was started in uh, down in Florida by five guys who saw a need for fire service training and just the brotherhood of the job. Uh, they saw that, that we were getting away from some of that. It wasn't as prevalent in their departments as they wanted it to be. And these were some really like-minded guys all around the same age. And um, they just started meeting at you know a bar and having a drink and talking fire. No politics, no union crap, none of that, just talking fire stuff. Mm-hmm. And it started to spread, and they called themselves the fools. And uh, and it it turned into this massive organization at this point. Um, and they're, they're just – it's just fantastic. In fact, one of the founding fools, John Simpson – everybody calls him Bart Simpson <laughs> uh, – is a, is a fireman in Osceola, Florida with a tremendous fire department pedigree and history. And uh, he teaches for us with On Scene and, and truly one of my dearest friends. And um, I didn't know anything about him. I was at FDIC one year <clears throat> hanging out in the bar. I know that's a shocker. Yep. And, and um, 
a couple of, of really great firemen who I respect said to me, you know, you, you probably should join this group, this fool's group. You're, you're a lot like them. And you, the things we're talking about, you'd fit right in. And, uh, those guys happen to be, uh, um, Bobby Pressler, who's retired out of the FDNY was the hot coordinator for FDIC back then. And, um, and Mike Lombardo, who's the retired commissioner of Buffalo. And again, just two guys who, uh, I had the chance to meet when I went out there and I was a nobody from nowhere. And, and, um, they said, you should join this thing. And I did. And the more we got to know what it was, a few of us, myself, a fellow named Billy Hobson, um, from, from the Jersey shore, John Lewis from up in North Jersey, we said, let's do it. And we formed the Jersey fools and, uh, there's still a, still a good group. They're doing some training. They're, they're involved. And a fellow named Anthony Brago is our president now from down in way down in South Jersey. Okay. And uh, they're, they're going to keep doing great things. It's uh, it's something if, if for those that are listening, if there's a fool's organization somewhere in your area and you're listening to this podcast, then you belong in a fool's organization. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And just so people yeah. know the fraternal order of leatherhead society. So the people who aren't in the fire service know, I would assume that obviously that comes from uh, a lot of the old fire helmets used to be made of leather. It does. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's no crazy initiation ritual that you have to go through to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. No blood in blood out. None of that. It's, <laughs> uh, um, no gang beatings, anything like that. No, no, you, no uh, running naked through a grocery store or anything. No, I mean, that's optional, but you don't have to. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, um, it's really like-minded individuals who believe in training, believe in preserving the, the culture of the fire service, yeah. yet promoting the future of it. That's great. And it's a, it's a great, great group to be with. Um, they do a convention every year. Uh, we missed convention this year because of COVID, but I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be this fall in, uh, in Florida. I can't imagine some of the stories you would hear in a gathering like that. And just just for a guy like myself, like I said, who's just been in a few years, the things you would learn from people just listening to those stories. You know, the, the best place to learn about the fire service, honestly. I've learned a tremendous amount in classes. Um, hell, after I get off this, I got to go online and do some online classes for mm -hmm. my research. Yeah. But where do you learn the most? And where I've learned the most in all my years has been around the kitchen table yeah. at firehouses around the country and has been at local pubs just yeah. hanging out and shooting the breeze. And, uh, it, that's, you can, you, you, some of those war stories, you can pick little pieces out and go, yep, that would work for me. Yeah. Yep. On the topic of education around the table for, for departments that are maybe looking for that type of camaraderie, how has that been of a benefit to your department and your Knowledge and training over the years, just those roundtable discussions and, and keeping that part of the industry. I think those are, are priceless. Uh, you get the right group, you know, you get the right mix of people around, literally sitting around the table, even at a conference doing a roundtable, which we've started adding into a lot of the stuff that we go do um, and just kick ideas back and forth, have, take questions from each other and, Hey, how would you do this? Or what do you see in this? Or why would you do that? Um, I know that with today's, today's society and, and today's firefighters, we, we pick on them <clears throat> all over the place. You're hearing about uh, this generation of firemen. They ask too many questions. They, this, they, that, man, I want them to ask me questions. Mm -hmm. The more questions they ask me, 
number one, the more influence I think some of us senior guys may have where we can give them good pertinent information that will help them down the road. Um, and, and beyond that, it just shows that there's buy-in from that guy. They want to learn this job. So I'm not under the same belief that, ah, oh, these kids suck and they, you know, these generation Xers or wires or whatever want to tell me how to do it. They may, but they may have some ideas that I have no understanding of. Right. And we can share that. And, um, I enjoy that. Uh, you know, I, 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 as long as it's all kept respectfully, yeah, I really enjoy that. Uh, and I think that the future of the fire service with guys like that, I think it's great. That's that, that was going to be my next question is kind, kind of, where do you see the direction of the fire service going and, and do you like where it's going? And I think you just kind of answered that, but if you want to expand on that, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, you know, there's parts of it. I don't like there, okay. obviously there, I, I don't like PC. <laughs> yeah. I've never been politically correct in my career and I have, well, the good thing about becoming a new fire department is that a lot of the stuff that was in our personnel files from the old fire departments mm-hmm. isn't there anymore. So that really was a fresh slate <laughs> for many of us. Clean slate. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, including myself. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the paper shredders were on fire for the last couple of weeks of the year. Yeah. But uh, but no, I I um I I think that number one, I think the fire service has a, it really does have a bright future. I think that technology is is great, um, but we can never get away from our tradition as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to be 200 years of tradition unimpeded by progress. Right. And I've I've been to those firehouses, and and that's not good. Uh, so we have to maintain tradition, yet we have to look forward and understand that the world has changed. Um, it's a it's a, a self-fulfilling, I want it now world. Yeah. Uh, and we have to be able to understand how to deal with those those types of folks who that's not who I came into the job learning from or with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to adjust to that. And, and we can we can I think we can coexist. Um, I think the fire department is in pretty good hands. I really do. Certain places they, they need uh, to be infused with this type of thing. Yes. Yeah. But a lot of places are doing really well. Yeah. A couple things that I think we need to really um, reinforce. I, I would say that one of the, one of the greatest assets that I've ever seen in firefighters is their resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. They also have a bit of bravado. Yeah. And that's okay. I don't, I don't mind a little cocky at times so long as you know your place. Yeah. Uh, and you're, and you're a gentleman or a gentlewoman, however you want to put it to those that you deal with and those that we're here to serve and that you remember that we put them first. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's so many great lines and so many great hashtags, you know, uh, we're not here for me, we're here for us and we're here for them and, you know, all these things. And that that's really, really important that we understand why we are here. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have to reinforce that in the younger generation. And even in some of us at times when we lose our, our track. Sure. Uh, and, and we need to remain as, as humble as possible. Yeah. Um, because this is a job that if you're not humble, it's going to kick the, the legs right out from under you. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're not humble in the beginning, it's going to get you at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's all happened to all of us at one point or another. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think there's, a, there's the opportunity. Um, I, I really do. We're, we're still looked at in a good light. 
Uh, you know, we're not fighting the things that, that our brothers in blue are fighting publicly. Um, people look to firemen because we help them and they know that. Yeah. Um, we're still looked at as the good guys in most places. And, um, you know, I, I think we're going to be okay. I, I think that the generation that I'm going to hand this to is, is going to do good things as long as they follow, you know, the, the path that we've given them and they continue to lay it down just like the folks before us laid down the path to us. Yeah. And, um, it, it just, it's always going to, we live in a world of change and, and, some of it's very uncomfortable and some of it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we really wanted to highlight through this podcast is that is the volunteer side of this industry and, and the struggles that it faces. Um, in your experience, what, what would you suggest to somebody that's maybe looking to get involved in the fire department or maybe saw an advertisement somewhere? Uh, what, what, why should they get involved in this? Oh, well, that's, that's a great question. So, I mean, the volunteer fire service is, is what makes up the majority of the United States. You know, we hear about New York and we hear about Philly and Detroit and L.A., uh, you know, and all the big cities in Chicago. But that's not what makes the majority of the fire service. The majority of it is the grassroots, salt of the earth, you know, volunteer fire departments. Um, and they are. They're losing members at an alarming rate because we have put forth so many requirements and and societal changes um so what do i tell somebody who would do it would be number one this you have the opportunity to impact other people's lives and help them in a setting like no other yeah it's it's dangerous um it can be scary at times it it can be very challenging mentally and physically but the reward of being a volunteer firefighter and knowing that you're serving your community and taking care of those who can't take care of themselves at their worst moment in life is one of the most rewarding things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it puts you, you know, kind of in a different level of humanity, I think. Um, and it's, it's a great, it's a great feeling, um, yeah. to be a little selfish. It's very fulfilling. It yeah. makes you, it fills your own heart, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I would say the hardest part is finding the time. Yeah. Um, and what I've found with that is, uh, again, I would not have the career I have today. And I'm very, very blessed. I said it earlier. I'm like a Jimmy Buffett song. Nowhere, nobody from nowhere. Yeah. Um, and I've just been fortunate to be with the right people and develop the right relationships. But the volunteer fire department opened that door for me all the way. Yeah. All the way. Well, that right there, that's a great advertisement for people to get involved in it. Right there. Yeah. yeah. One one last thing we want to talk to you about, and, and this is uh, one thing I mentioned at the top of the show. My first introduction to you is that you are the owner and founder of a company called On Scene Training Associates, OSTA. Yeah. I took part in your workshop that you guys did, the ladder company workshop you guys did out by Muskegon, Michigan this past uh, end of the summer, beginning of the fall. And I, and I tell people constantly, I learned so much in those two and a half days, especially someone myself who's, like I said, only been doing it three years. We were on roofs. We were on, you know, we were going up sticks. First time I had to go up a stick because we don't have one in our department. I had, I was carrying a chainsaw in my left hand. And that's the first time I had to, had to go up a stick and get on a roof. And, yeah. you know, we're up there cutting holes in that roof. And you guys had a great staff. You guys had yourself. You had Sean. You had Dan McCauley from Boston. There was Steve Shaw from uh, from Florida. There was um, Paul Combs from Ohio. And it was just such a great weekend. But tell people about uh, OSTA, what you guys do, 
And, uh, and, and I know you go a lot of it, but I'll, I'll let you go on it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for the lead in. And yeah, that, that weekend in Muskegon was awesome. Um, that's, that's like our second or third time going up to Muskegon and it's just awesome people. And we have so much fun and, and the, the will to learn is awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so what I want to see in training is, uh, I started it years ago. My ex-wife was an accountant and, uh, very by the book and I was going out and helping people do drills. And, you know, I saw local companies that were suffering and needed help. So I would just go do a drill and they'd throw me a hundred bucks here or whatever. And one day she said, you know, you better start an LLC or something because I don't want you to screw up and us lose our house. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, <laughs> that's why, you know, she had a lot of faith in me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so I started on scene training as an LLC just to kind of cover my ass. And, and, uh, and it just kept growing because we saw the need for training and I got to hang out with all these really smart guys who knew way more than me. And I learned from, um, and it was funny cause we were all kind of cutting our teeth at the same time. And now a lot of these guys are really, really huge guys in the industry, although you would never know it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they don't big league you. Uh, so we've been a training company for, uh, we're pushing 20 years. We've been all over the world. We've trained in uh, the islands in, in American Samoa. Uh, we've been in China. We've been in Vietnam. We've been in Saipan, uh, Tinian, Rota. So we've, we've definitely spent some time around Mexico um, and all over the states. And we've got a group of guys and, and gals uh, with uh, – I've probably got about 30 to 35 people that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, from all walks of life, volunteer firefighters, uh, FDNY guys, Boston guys, Chicago, um, guys from Florida, California, but they all have a common denominator. They all number one, know their stuff. Mm-hmm. Number two, they'll never big league. you. Yeah. They're, they're just like me, nobody from nowhere, whether it's, and I, I, I hesitate to name drop, but it's important that people understand how humble and, and kind these guys are and good they are you know a guy like ray mccormick or mike champo comes and teaches with on scene yeah and they're just part of the guys you wouldn't know that they are who they are and the accolades and the, and the medals on their chests right you know what i mean um so that's how we all look at it we look at it as we're not there to teach we're there to share yeah. we're there to learn uh i can tell you every time i go teach with on scene i learn a lot um and we offer programs. Basically, if there's a program that can be done, we have somebody that can do it and do it well. Yeah. Um, so I've been an engine guy my whole life. You're not going to I'm part of a special ops team. I'm part of SOC. I'm, I'm in special ops command for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. But it's not my forte. So I don't take the lead. Uh, you know, I'll help with it. But I'm not the guy who should be sitting out there saying, hey, I can teach that better than someone else so i take the lead that's a real key with on scene Mm -hmm. we have the right people who teach it you know you want truck you get guys who teach truck you know danny mccauley like you had out there oh he was great paul Paul combs and and um steve shaw that weekend and guys like maddie paglione from new york or champ or whoever you know there's i i just list so many great names uh you want engine you're you're going to get me and you're going to get you know, maybe Steve Gillespie, who's retired FDNY and now works in Charleston, North Charleston. Uh, guys who, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really what on-scene does. And, and, you know, engine truck, 
you know, survival writ, um, extrication. We, we have a great hook with new vehicle technology. Uh, we've got a, a fantastic relationship with Volvo and some of the other auto manufacturers. Um, Carl Haddon, who's the retired chief of safety for NASCAR, is, is our lead for all of our extrication programs. Um, he's taught it all over the world. And just, again, that, that humble instructor. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, so that's, that's what we do. I, I, I want to say before, uh, before I forget this in regards to the weekend that I did out by Muskegon, it was in the Muskegon area, but it was actually put on by Eggleston Township and, and Chief Cleveland out there. Yeah. So I want to mention that, but uh, it, it had such an impact on me. And I, you know, I'm the only one from our department who went to that. And I came back from that weekend and I told the guys, I'm like, you know, I'm look at if they come out next year or the year after as many of us as possible can go because I learned so much in those two and a half days. In fact, it impacted me enough as you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were helping a, a, an adjacent department on a structure fire. Yeah. And uh, they said to me, they pointed to me and said, Hey, I need you up on the roof to, to cut a hole. And it was like, I, I knew, even though it'd been months since I'd done the training, I kind of knew exactly what to do. And I got up there and I made my curf cut. And I opened the roof and it was, it helped a bunch. They were looking for extension in that area. And it just, uh, I couldn't wait to get online that afternoon and message you and Dan and say, hey, guess what I did today? And it was, you know, it went really smooth because of what I learned from you guys. And and I can tell you, that's like the coolest thing for yeah. us to hear. Like that just makes everything you do so worthwhile. Yeah. That's, it's really cool. It is. I, I've, I've gone to classes and felt the exact same way when I, when I left and then I got to use that skill on a, on a job. Yep. Like, let that instructor know because that is like the best feeling as, a, as an instructor. Yep. Yep. It was, it was fun. And, and they do it right. Chief Cleveland and Chief Thornbush out there, they really do do it right. Yep. They, uh, they're really, they're really focused and dedicated and it's not about their departments or them. It's about the region which I really think is so cool. Exactly. Yeah. And we're planning, we're planning on being back in the fall. Good, uh, good. Talked, Let us know. I talked, Mark, I talked to Mark not long ago, so we are looking at some stuff. Good. That would be great. Hey, hey listen, yeah. we want to thank you so much for your time. Myself and Lance, we, we couldn't uh, appreciate your time more. Uh, what is the best way, if people want to look up OSTA, what is the best way to, to find out what you guys are all about? Sure. Uh, we've got a website that needs some updating. It's a little dated right now, but uh, I talked to the web lady the other day about it. Um, so the website's, uh, www.onscenetraining.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I put a lot of stuff on, on both of those, uh, social media things. Um, a lot of, a lot of good stuff that we throw out there that we're doing that other people are doing. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of great training companies out there. Mm -hmm. I like to think that we're in the, in the list of some of the better ones, but, um, you know, I would say if you're looking for training, we'd be more than happy and, and more than reasonable uh, cost-wise to come out and help you as best we could. Um, the biggest thing I find with training companies is make sure that those who are teaching should be mm -hmm. because there's a lot of training companies popping up out there that are social media gurus but probably haven't been in a dark hallway too much. Right. And – um there, but there's some great training groups out there, and, and I do believe on scene is is right there with them. I would so, agree. Yeah, and That's... we would we like I said, I, I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on with you. Thank you. I'm definitely, thank I'm you, definitely checking out your stuff. Um, I, I want to check out Ladder 34 and, and see what it's all about. And, right. And show it to my guys. Good. And I, I, like I said, anything we can ever do, 
hit me up on Facebook or Instagram or, or give me a phone call. Um, we're out there. Great. We appreciate it very much. Thank we'll, you, Chief. We'll do whatever we can for you. And let's get through this winter and get through this damn COVID and, exactly. and get back to get back to living our lives. That's yep. Right. I agree. Well, Chief, thanks again for your time. Uh, stay safe out there. The best to you and yours out there. And uh, hopefully you won't have to do the online classes all day. You can get a call. You can go out and do something somewhere. Yeah, I would not be upset if I could catch you. <laughs> great. <laughs> thanks. Have a great day. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there he is. Chief Heller from the Hamilton Township uh, Fire Department out in New Jersey. He is now the deputy chief overseeing training. I, I'm so glad we were able to get him on. And um, yeah. I hope everybody else listening learned a lot. Nice perspective on a lot of different areas of the forces. Yep. So. so thank you for listening in. This is the Station 34 podcast. I'm David Van Sluten. Lance Corhorn. And we're from Ladder 34. And tune in next time, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>